Join our superintendent as she speaks on the two witnesses. Blessings abound, my brother and sister. This is Superintendent Janice Battersby of Shekinah Worship International Ministries, Shekinah Worship Center, Bermuda, bringing you greetings. Our pastor is Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman, and I join her in welcoming you to another installation of our series, Insights with Sue. That's Superintendent, that's me, Superintendent of the Sunday School at Shekinah Worship Center. I'm coming to you with another chapter in our exciting series where we are studying through the book of Revelation with the study Escape the Coming Night by Dr. Dan. It's an exciting series. We've been on Zoom with members of our church and with others who've wanted to join in. And let me tell you, it has been eye-opening. It's a 43-lesson series, and I'm going to share with you about our Lesson 24 tonight. Now, I'm not going to go back through all the other lessons, unfortunately, because it'll take up way too much time for this podcast. However, I invite you to go on to Real Knows Real on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Podcasts. And you can look up Insights with Sue or lots of our other teachings and preachings that are available. Also on YouTube, look up Voice for Our Times. There you will find again our teachings, our services. It's just an amazing array. We are a Bible preaching, Bible teaching, Bible loving church. And we are so happy to share with you whatever it is that you would like to see. So go on and have a look. And of course, you can always join us at 98 North Shore if you're in Bermuda. But now I want to get back to this lesson. And this is just a short, bite-sized podcast just to give you an idea of what it is that we've been studying and maybe to generate an interest that you would like to even try and read the book of Revelation or join us in a lesson or order the series and do it yourself. So I'm going to give you just a brief idea as to where we have come and then just talk to you a little bit about this particular lesson. Now, the book of Revelation, as we understand, was written by John the Apostle while he was in exile on the island of Patmos. He was put there by Rome because of his preaching of Jesus. See, Rome didn't like the fact that he would preach about someone else being a king other than Caesar. While John was on this island, he received a vision from the Lord of the last days, the end times, the things to come. Even in our day, they haven't happened yet. But we're seeing shadows of them. Now, the visions that John received were a vision of Christ and all his attributes. See, Jesus, we know him as a baby in a manger and a savior on a cross. And he died and he rose and he went back to heaven. John sees him in all his glory as king and as judge. That's in Revelation chapter one. Then in Revelation chapter two and three, we read about letters that John sent to 
the Asian churches in Asia Minor, basically telling them that they needed to get their act together or God would come and remove their ministry. But after chapters two and three, John's vision shifts to heaven. And what we understand that has happened is the rapture has happened. And now the church is represented in heaven around the throne of God by the 24 elders that are seated in thrones around God's throne. We see God on his throne with a green rainbow, a sea of glass around him and saints innumerable worshiping God. We see a scroll, a book, that is rolled up and it's sealed shut. And Jesus, who then breaks each seal to open the book. And as each seal is broken, we see visions of judgments being rolled out. The four horsemen of the apocalypse, which represent the Antichrist and war, famine and death and disease. Death and disease. We see the saints under the altar who are asking the Lord, when are you going to take vengeance for our being murdered for standing on your word. We see earthquakes and all sorts of natural disasters that are happening. The seventh seal is broken. And then we see the trumpet judgments. But before the seventh seal is broken, we see that 144,000 Jewish evangelists will be sealed by God to go out and to minister God's word during the time of tribulation. Remember, the church is gone. The church has been raptured. The church and the Holy Spirit are not free on the, on the earth anymore. Only those who have rejected Christ or those who have not heard the word of God are, are left behind. But there's opportunity for those who have not rejected the gospel, for those who have never heard the gospel, and for those Jews yet to accept Christ. There's still opportunity for them. And that's what the Jewish evangelists are for. We see even God coming down and putting one foot on the land and one foot on the sea and declaring that it's all over now. No more delay. Judgment has come. Because we even hear today how people just laugh and say, oh, you Christians have been saying for years and decades and generations that God is coming. He hasn't come yet. Well, let me tell you right now, if you are in that state, you don't want him to come until you get it right. Because once you read the book of Revelation and understand what is yet to come for those who reject God, I urge you to get it right with God now. Before you close your eyes and leave this earth, but before the rapture, get it right with God. Because once you've done that, you will escape the coming night. If you don't choose God, then what happens after that is no longer your choice. It will come to pass. This lesson, number 24, is about the two witnesses. Now, like I said, there are going to be 144,000 Jewish evangelists, 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel that will be out ministering. But there are two witnesses in particular that are mentioned. And I'm going to read the scripture reference. It's in the book of Revelation, chapter 11, and it's verses 1 through 14. I'm going to read it and then just talk about it a bit. Okay, I will be reading the New King James Version. And here begins the reading of God's holy word. Then I was given a reed like a measuring rod. And the angel stood saying, rise and measure the temple of God, the altar and those who worship there. But leave out the court, which is outside the temple and do not measure it. 
for it has been given to the Gentiles. And they will tread the holy city underfoot for 42 months. And I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anyone wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. When they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them, and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Then those from the peoples, tribes, tongues, and nations will see their dead bodies three and a half days and not allow their dead bodies to be put into graves. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them, make merry, and send gifts to one another, because these two prophets tormented those who dwell on the earth. Now after the three and a half days, the breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and great fear fell on those who saw them. And they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here. And they ascended to heaven in a cloud and their enemies saw them. In the same hour, there was a great earthquake and a tenth of the city fell. In the earthquake, 7,000 people were killed and the rest were afraid and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has passed. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Here ends the reading of God's word thus far. My, my. What a story. Now, it's our understanding here that we, we take this literally. We don't try and symbolize this. We understand it literally. Dr. Jeremiah teaches us that this is a Jewish chapter. We, we see the, the temple and not the temples of history that were destroyed. This is a temple yet to come, the tribulation temple, as it were. Again, we have to understand this in a literal sense. We are right now in an interlude between the sixth and the seventh trumpet. And this sets the stage for what is about to happen. We understand that this is all centered around Jerusalem. Now, the temple is in existence during the tribulation. And I know in listening to the news and paying attention to what I hear coming out of Jerusalem and out of Israel, that there are preparations for a temple to be built. There's an amassing of materials and they're researching the animals needed to make sacrifices. 
they're even searching for a high priest. There have been advertisements that have gone out for men to apply to be tested, DNA tested, to see if they are of the line of Aaron to qualify as a high priest for this temple. Now, the thing is, is that the gathering together of Jews coming back to Israel is not so much a spiritual movement as it's a national movement. It's a Zionist movement. It's for people to come back into their own country. In 1948, Israel became its own state, its own country. And the Jews that had been spread out all over the globe are returning to Israel. But they're not returning in belief. They're returning because that's their land. That's their heritage. And part of their heritage, part, a huge foundation of their heritage is the temple worship. So now we see this effort in rebuilding the temple of Israel. And so is not this prophecy then coming to pass that there will be a temple during the time of the tribulation? And what we understand is that the Antichrist, we are told in the book of Revelation, will sit in the temple of God and order that he be worshipped. So you need a temple in order for this to happen. And there are efforts underway for the temple to be rebuilt. Now, in the scripture we just read, John's told to measure, to measure the court, the court of the Jews. Now, the rod or the reed that is mentioned here is not so much to tell God the length and the width and the height and all of that. The rod represents judgment. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. That's judgment. The rod was used to keep the sheep in line. Judgment. Now, God is specific here in that it's not the Gentiles that are going to be judged. It's the Jews. Hmm. Interesting. What we see then is the rise of two witnesses. Now, Dr. Jeremiah believes, and I must admit, I believe it too, that one of those witnesses is Elijah. Now, they come about around the midpoint of the tribulation because that's when the Antichrist will have made a covenant or confirm a covenant with Israel, and then he breaks that covenant and declares himself as God. And these witnesses are going to be preaching mightily. <laughs> My goodness. Well, let's back up. They're human beings, number one. They're people. They're not a symbol of something else. These are two people that will be going out wearing sackcloth. Now, sackcloth back in those days represents mourning. They're mourning. They are in mourning. They are seeing Israel. They are seeing Israel's people, the Hebrews, the Israelites, having rejected Christ and rejected God. And they're seeing pagan worship going on in the temple. I mean, we, we look now at, at churches and what they're allowing in their halls, the, the agendas, the LGBT 
and whatever else you want to call it. We know what God feels, how God feels about homosexuality. It's in the scriptures, from cover to cover. Yet churches are allowing this. These are things that God hates, but it's being celebrated in churches. There's worship of money. There's politics, prestige. All these things are being perpetrated in church. And yet people seem to think that God is pleased. God is not pleased. And these are the things that these two witnesses will be speaking about. Now, it talks about prophecy and prophets. What we're reading now in Revelation 11 is not so much that they're telling the future. They're speaking God's word. They're speaking the word of God. They are foretelling, but forthtelling. They're speaking forth God's word in judgment. They're standing on the word of God. Now, like I said, we believe one of the prophets, one of the two witnesses is Elijah. And we have reasons that are listed why we believe it's Elijah. One is is that in Malachi chapter 3, Elijah is foretold that he will appear before the coming of Christ. Now, if you know the Old Testament, Elijah never died. Elijah was caught up in a chariot of fire and taken to heaven. He has not experienced death. You have to wonder why. Is he preserved for this time to come back and to continue to preach the word of God? Because, again, if you read the book of Elijah, or if you read about Elijah in the Old Testament, Elijah did not mince his words. He stood up to King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and told them exactly where they stood. In fact, so much so that Jezebel sought to have him killed. So Elijah was not a scaredy cat at all. He even made the rain stop for about three and a half years. He declared that there would be no rain. And guess what? There was no rain. There was famine. In fact, I would say if you look in uh, 1 Kings 17 and 18, you will see that. Chapters 17 and 18 of 1 Kings you will see that story. And the length of time of the drought matched the time of his ministry in the book of Revelation, three and a half years. Interesting. Coincidence? I think not. Elijah also appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration, he appeared and spoke with Jesus. This is after he was caught up into heaven. So he's shown up before. There's a good reason that he'll show up again. Now, the other witness, we believe, is Moses. And why? The reasons being that Moses and Elijah have already appeared together in ministry. Moses was the other one who was on the Mount of Transfiguration talking to Jesus. The disciples saw saw them talking with Jesus. This is after Moses died. And Moses, nobody knows where he's buried. 
But the scriptures tell us that Michael and the archangel Michael and Satan disputed over Moses' body in Jude, verse 9. Why did they dispute over the body of Moses? Could it have been that God was preserving Moses for being one of the two witnesses? And Satan doesn't want that. Of course he doesn't want that. Moses turned the water to blood. Now, as we read in the scripture that I read, that they would bring plagues, uh, that there would be no rain, and that the rivers would be made blood. In verse 6, these have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy, and they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues. Well, Elijah stopped the rain. And in the book of Exodus, you can see that Moses and his brother Aaron turned the rivers to blood and caused plagues in Egypt. So they've already exercised those powers. And here we have the two witnesses doing it here in the book of Revelation. So we believe that there's strong evidence that one witness is Elijah and one witness is Moses. Elijah represents the prophets, Moses representing the law. This is all Jewish-based. We're going back. We talked in a few of our lessons previously, and we've focused on the fact that the age of grace is over. God made a covenant with Abraham and his people. But when the Jews rejected Christ, God opened up grace to the Gentiles. But once the rapture takes place, that age of grace is closed and God refocuses on the Jews again, the descendants of Abraham. That's why we want to make sure we preach and encourage to get saved now while grace is available. Grace is that thing that we do not deserve. But God gave us grace when Jesus shed his blood on the cross. Eternal life was for us. But that's not going to last forever. God's grace is not going to last forever. There will come a time when that grace will be over. And then comes judgment. Don't reject the word of God. You won't want to be in that position after the rapture. Because what you're hearing now, if you're listening to these podcasts, will come to pass. And you will be a part of that. So you're understanding that Moses and Elijah are the two witnesses. Now, we hear a bit about their power, their persecution, and their preservation. Their power. They have power in their preaching. They don't shrink. <laughs> they let those that hear have it. They speak out against the sin that is happening. And they speak of the judgments that are going on. They actually will say, these judgments are coming from God. And people will hate them for it. And you know, we're seeing shadows of that now as Christians. If you put anything about God on our local newspaper's website and read the comments, hateful. 
People are no longer afraid. You look on television, you look anywhere. People are no longer afraid to blaspheme the name of God. No longer afraid. We see sin being celebrated. And these things are going to be spoken of by these two witnesses. Dr. Jeremiah even thinks that these two witnesses may be may train the 144,000 witnesses to go out and to witness. I, that could very well be. I mean, imagine being trained by Elijah and Moses. Wow. <laughs> wow. They'll preach against the beast. Because as we said, this is all set around that time when the temple is built and the Antichrist will sit himself and proclaim himself to be God. And the he is ruled by that beast. And these two witnesses are going to preach against the beast. And that will garner more hatred. And they will preach against the spiritual hypocrisy of the Jewish leadership. There's compromise that's going to take place. We criticize churches now and pastors now when we see them compromising. But at this point in time, there's going to be so much paganism that's taking place. But again, we're seeing the seeds of that now. Then it's the power of the plagues, that they will be able to protect themselves from harm, but fire proceeds out of their mouth. For anyone who may try to destroy them, they will destroy their enemies. Fire coming out of their mouth. The drought, remember no rain. So there will be drought and they will strike the earth with all plagues and as often as they desire. And we're having a hard time with one pandemic. Imagine that these two witnesses will have the power to call down plagues at any time, whatever they may be. Go back and read about the plagues in Egypt with Moses. You'll get an idea. Then the persecution. Once they have completed what it is that they must do, the beast will kill them. In fact, the scripture reference verses 7 through 10, verse 7, says that when they finish their testimony, God gives them a certain amount of time to do this ministry, to preach and to proclaim. Once they have completed their task, God's What did Dr. Jeremiah say? God's man in the center of God's will is immortal until God is finished with him. Whatever your gift and your purpose is, God is going to ensure. If you're seeking after him and doing his will, you will not pass until you have completed what he has given you to do. And so here, once they finish, the beasts will actually kill them. And guess what? There will be no sadness. Everyone will celebrate because these witnesses have tormented people on the earth. There will be celebration. In fact, the people will not even allow their bodies to be buried. They will lay them in the streets. Now, remember, we're talking about Jerusalem. Now, I don't know what time of the year this is going to happen, but at any point in time, you, you leave a dead body unpreserved for days. Decay starts to happen. And these bodies will be exposed for everyone. Now, the interesting part here, Dr. Jeremiah brought us into today, we have satellite, we have cable, we have all sorts of, you know, we've got these, um, 
the whole world will be able to see their dead bodies. Come on now, let's, let's think about it. And I always use this as an example. When Michael Jackson died, the whole world knew about it like that. When Barack Obama was voted president of the United States, the whole world knew about it like that. They will be able to see these dead bodies. They will lay in the streets. You will have TV cameras trained on these dead bodies, just like how CNN and Fox and the rest of them completely, they regurgitate stories over and over again, 24-7. That's what we're going to see. People are going to hate them that much that there's going to be celebration. People are going to have parties. They're going to, it's, it's almost like, like it was described in the lesson, Christmas time of hell. People are going to give gifts to one another, celebrating the death of these two witnesses because they hate them so much because these witnesses preach the word of God. And we see the seeds of that now. However, after three and a half days, the scripture says the breath of God was breathed into them and they became alive again. And not only did they become alive, but the Lord said, come up here. And they were raptured. How frightened the enemies of the two witnesses will be at that point in time. And that will be caught on TV as well. It'll be undeniable. Immediately after their departure, there will be a great earthquake. And a tenth of the city is destroyed and 7,000. It says 7,000 people, but that word is actually men. And as Dr. Jeremiah taught us, not just men, but men of renown, men of influence, men of affluence will be killed. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The love of money is the root of all evil. Don't go seeking after prestige and power and possessions. They will be your eternal doom. Seek after the Lord. So that's it in a nutshell, our lesson. It's pretty, pretty dramatic, pretty dramatic. But understand that you do have a way out. And it's through the blood of Jesus. You know, if this has moved you in any way and you wish to reach out and touch us and seek to be led in the sinner's prayer and turn 180 degrees from the life that you're living now, seek after God, send us an email at swim at logic.bm. Swim at logic.bm. Let us know that you are really interested in seeking a better way. And we'll be in touch with you for sure. If you'd like to hear our other podcasts, you can go to Real Knows Real, Real Knows Real at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google. Yeah, I have to write it down so I remember. <laughs> and also, you can go to YouTube and look up Voice for Our Times and you'll find our swim site with all sorts of resources and preachings and teachings and I know that you will be blessed so thanks for spending some time with me it's the superintendent Janice Battersby encouraging you to keep on joining us for Escape the Coming Night I guarantee you you won't be sorry you did it and on behalf of our pastor Reverend Dr. Maria A. Seaman I say blessings about.